Hey guys, I'm back another video and it is whole time. Let's get into it. Fast fashion is killing our earth. Fast fashion brands produce 52 micro seasons. That's one a week. Hey guys, I'm packaged tiny pan. It's quite big, so I'm gonna give you a little haul of what I got. Fast fashion is excess production, overconsumption, and waste. 85% of clothing ends up in a landfill. So obviously, I've got little up dupes, whatever, because acts are like way too expensive for me. So I've got these ones. They're like the color is so cute. Everything's like on the back. It just says sport rather than like UGGs, I guess. This is why you need to start shopping secondhand, particularly on Vinted, because there is just so much good stuff on there at the moment. I've got a little bit of a haul of a couple of things that I've picked up over the past few weeks that I am just beyond chuffed with. I love clothes. Like, I really love clothes. I feel like getting dressed up for events or just choosing casual outfits is honestly one of the best parts of my day. And loving clothes means that I also love shopping. But surprisingly, most of my wardrobe is actually secondhand. And this is something that's becoming more popular. I know it's not just me. The market for secondhand clothing has grown by 30% since last year. That's according to industry market research analysis, Ibis World. And there's more companies popping up that are all about renting outfits instead of buying new. I've used services like Her, Buy Rotation, My Wardrobe HQ, and even ASOS offers clothes rentals. I'm not all that surprised to hear this because I do feel like I see more people online kind of advocating for buying secondhand. And a lot of my mates are really into things like Depop and selling their clothes online. And I think our generation are generally just more conscious about the impact of what we call fast fashion. So that's mass-produced clothing. It uses loads of energy and resources. And it usually depends on toxic fabric dyes and other chemicals that do all kinds of nasty things like contaminate our water. Fashion actually produces a tenth of the world's carbon emissions. If you think about it, that is huge. So studies suggest that the market for pre-loved items could even become bigger than fast fashion by 2029. I think that's a change that I'd really like to see. So is buying secondhand the solution to all of this? Why are more people doing it? And in doing so, are we slowing fashion down? I'm going to find out the impact of where we spend our money when it comes to clothes. And I've got help from an expert on that. I'm Mary Manderfield and this is Noted. Laura Young, so good to have you on Noted. So you're an award-winning climate activist, you're an environmental scientist as well, and you speak online about different kind of environmental issues. And we know that clothing is a huge one. And I want to just start off talking about fast fashion. We hear that term a lot, but can you explain what exactly is fast fashion? Yeah, it's a great question. And to be honest, you just need to look back and get a bit of history to understand it. You know, we often used to talk about seasons. So you'd have your autumn and winter collections and your spring, summer collections. And really that was because clothes, especially in countries like the UK, where there are various you know, differences in temperature, you would just have two times a year that clothes would come out. But now we have shops, whether that's online or on the high street, bringing out clothes, not twice a year, but sometimes twice a week. You've got new stuff, thousands of pieces coming out 
every single week. And so that is just how we describe fast fashion. It's just this speeding up of how much we are producing, how much we're selling, and of course, how much we're consuming as individuals. So we are buying stuff all the time a lot more than we used to. And that's where this term fast comes from. And I think there was even a researcher that did a whole piece looking into it and found that sometimes they can even get from a designer doodling something on a bit of paper to the item of clothing coming out in a shop, it can be as small as 17 days. So it is a very quick process. And what is that reason why we've changed from, you know, autumn, winter and spring, summer to, like you said, such like a frequent amount and huge amounts of clothing going to our high street or online? What's the kind of reason behind that? I think partly it's just because we can, you know, we can produce stuff at speed. And a lot of people love fashion, you know, they love, you know, getting new clothes and trying things on. Fashion is a huge part of people's culture. But I think ultimately it's just because we can. We've been able to speed up a lot of the production, you know, machinery, industrialization means that you can make something a lot quicker than before when you were maybe looking at, you know, weeks and weeks and months to make just one garment. And so ultimately it's just because we've sped up, but also we've got an appetite. We absolutely love clothes. We love to change our styles. And, you know, nowadays there is still this kind of conception, you know, I don't want to wear the same thing twice. I want, you know, we're taking so many more photos. We're at so many more events, but ultimately it's just a society shift that's also been matched with us just being able to make stuff a lot quicker. And when it comes to the planet, what impact does fast fashion have on it? So many. I think there's two main ones, though, that, that really stick in mind. One is when we are making things. So when you're making a T-shirt, for example, if it's a cotton T-shirt, you've got to grow the cotton. You've got to spin it into a fabric. You've got to produce it. You may be putting colours on it or dyeing it or design on it. It's got to be shipped around the world and then eventually sold. And all of that has a carbon footprint. There's lots of emissions associated with that. And if you were to look at the fashion industry, it is about 10% of global emissions. So it's a huge chunk of the emissions that we use up all around the world that is associated with just the stuff that we wear. So the kind of carbon side of it is really intensive. But also, as we've moved forward with technology and innovation, our clothes have actually changed with what we make them out of. So cotton and linen and wool are sort of old fashioned fabrics that we don't really use that much of anymore. And now we're using things like polyester. And polyester, is a plastic. So lots more plastic is entering into our clothes. And that obviously is using up lots of oil because plastic is from oil. But it's also meaning that we are creating a lot more waste that is made of plastic. Really hard to get rid of. It sits in landfills, sits in the environment for years and years and years. And also lots of microplastics come off, they sort of shed in the wash, and those can end up going into our river courses. So the two main issues are really the carbon emissions just associated with making loads of stuff, and then, of course, the actual material itself, which really today, the majority of our clothes will be made of some form of plastic. I'm really glad you brought that up because, yeah, you can even tell just from trends, we've moved away a lot from like natural fibres and natural dyes. And almost people want that like extreme look, whether it's like wet look, <laughs> yeah. leggings or shiny dresses or sparkly tops. It's like all of those things are made from materials that are not kind of breaking down in the same way. And yeah, it sounds like it's not great for the environment. You have certain brands who are doing initiatives or specific lines that are saying, oh, it's natural, it's organic, or it's better for the planet. What do you think of this? You know, I hear the word greenwashing a lot. 
What are your thoughts? Yeah, greenwashing is absolutely rife in the fashion industry. And when we talk about fashion, the biggest problem is just the amount that we are producing. It kind of doesn't really matter what it's made of. If we are making tons and tons and tons of it, it's not sustainable. And so it's great that many brands are moving away from lots of plastic, polyester style pieces of clothing. But if they are still replacing that with lots and lots and lots of natural you know, fibres and materials, it's kind of avoiding the main problem. And I also think one thing that is kind of funny is sometimes big fashion brands will bring out a whole new line of sustainable clothing, I'm using air quotes there, but they don't actually tackle all of the unsustainable stuff that's still happening. And so really the big thing that we need companies and brands to be doing is saying we're going to scale back the amount that we are selling but then also helping people to look after the clothes that they are wearing give it a good home afterwards or maybe enter into the renting space because actually the materials is just at the surface of of what the problem is with fast fashion 100 percent. we've got a voice note on this from a listener called baram so let's see what they have to say so some people say oh you can't blame the people you should blame the brands while it's kind of true the only way these brands are thriving is because we are supporting them with our wallets right we are voting with our wallets for fast fashion for mass production for poor quality for slave labor so if we all or as many of us as possible you know stand against it then the brands will have no choice but to change what do you think about that? Kind of where does the responsibility lie? And is it a clear cut answer of it's the consumer or it's the brand? Well, I mean, I think it's a bit of both, but I think consumers have a huge amount of influence over brands. You know, we saw that, although it's not a fashion example, we had Blue Planet, everyone went crazy about plastics. And suddenly lots of brands, lots of food brands were saying, okay, right, how can we reduce our plastic packaging? And we're beginning, you know, we are starting to see a change there. And I think it's the same with fashion. If consumers are walking in and saying, I'm really unhappy with the practices, I'm going to move my money elsewhere, the brands ultimately will listen to that. And we are able to build up more sustainable platforms and initiatives. But sometimes it just can't happen quick enough. And I think the really difficult thing is brands, especially big global brands, have got millions of pounds worth of marketing budgets to make themselves look really, really great. So often we have to cut through a lot of the greenwashing and say, hold on a minute, What they're saying over here maybe is a bit too good to be true. Here's actually the reality. So we've talked about what fast fashion is and the impact as well. So let's explore slow fashion. I'm guessing it's kind of opposite, the antidote. What are some of the forms of slow fashion? So many, you know, secondhand clothing is a way of just slowing down the process. You're buying stuff that's, I like the term pre-loved, right? Somebody had it before, they probably loved it and they're donating it or selling it to give it a new home. So, you know, there's amazing ways that you can do that. The charity shop is the classic, but you now have all these online apps. I think also there's just something about slow fashion is also looking after the stuff that we already have. Because fashion is so cheap, we don't really attach any value to it. So if a button pops off or it gets a hole in it or it's slightly too big or too small, we sometimes just chuck it away because it's not really worth that much. But actually like mending, um, even like upcycling, changing things into something else is a huge part of it as well. But the third thing that I really see on the horizon is renting fashion. And I think this is brilliant for stuff like occasions. So you might have a wedding, Christmas parties, office things, graduations. 
And it's an amazing way that you can get a fancy outfit that normally would cost you hundreds of pounds, but you know, it can just be like 10, 20 pounds to rent it. And it's a way that you can still look good, still try something new, but it doesn't mean you have to buy it and keep it in your wardrobe for years to come and never wear it again. Okay, so I know that a lot of us have that real excitement of finding things secondhand, but I've also seen with my little spidey senses that some people sell fast fashion and they almost like sell it on as if it's secondhand or as if it's vintage and they're just there to make a profit. Is there a way that you can actually spot what's legit so you're not just contributing to more fast fashion? Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes it's looking at the profiles and just seeing, you know, is this a genuine kind of individual who's got a few items on there, you know, just trying to get rid of things that they've loved before? Or is this someone with pages and pages and pages of stuff? And you can also look at the brands. So I know that for me, I've looked at things before and been like, oh, that's amazing. And it's only, you know, four pounds. And you think, "Mm, okay, this person, I think, is just buying fast fashion. And then maybe to make themselves feel better is trying to like donate it on. And then you can tell when something's vintage because, you know, the logos are different or it's brands that you've maybe not heard of. So you can also kind of um, interpret a little bit yourself about about the differences. So we're getting really close to Christmas. And that means different Christmas outfits and parties, but also gifting presents. And I know times have been tough for a lot of people, money's a bit tight, but there is that solution of finding things secondhand. So searches for Christmas present and Christmas are up 28% over last year on Depop. Do you think, you know, we're going to be seeing more of this, people looking to find pre-loved or second-hand gifts for people? You know, so much of Christmas has turned into this, we need to get loads of people, loads of stuff, and it has to be brand new, we need to spend loads of money. And that's just not the case. You know, I don't think anyone really sits on Christmas and is counting up how much someone spent on them or how many gifts. Ultimately, we're just thankful to spend time with people and have a meaningful gift. And I would much rather have a meaningful gift, like a secondhand jumper, a secondhand bag, something from Depop or something from somewhere else, than like, I don't know, one of those body kits of like things they've just picked up in a a shop, you know, like off the shelf. So I think there's a lot more meaning to it. We don't need more body scrubs. None. None. Like, do you know what I mean? I've got more than enough. And bath bombs. I only have a bath like twice a year. Oh, I never never take a bath. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) There's loads of different ways that you can find things if you don't want to shop brand new. But I loved that Laura talked about making the most of charity shops. That's like my personal favourite every single volunteer in every charity shop in my town knows me by name by face I'm in there all the time but I don't really think about what happens after I donate the things that I don't really wear anymore so I'll go along with a bag of bits I've like taken out of my wardrobe I drop it off and then I forget about it but those clothes have a whole new life once you've donated so obviously some get sold in the shop but some go elsewhere. So this is what I wanted to find out about. I headed to Batley in West Yorkshire to the Oxfam hub. And this is basically a huge textiles recycling centre where things get sorted out into all different sections. It was massive. It's this huge warehouse with conveyor belts, machinery everywhere and people sorting through clothes. So I got my high-vis on and went to have a look. 
I'm Ben, I'm the uh, Festival and Events Manager uh, at Oxfam and we're here at Oxfam's Northern Logistics Centre in Batley. It's about the size of two football pitches and what you can see here behind me is two huge cages full of our unsold stock from our eight to five shops in the local area. So this huge mountain of sacks behind you is things that have not sold in our local shops. Right, how many clothes come in here kind of each month? So we get currently 80 tonnes a month yeah. and that comes from 85 of our shops. So you have these textile sorters looking through everything that comes in and sorting them into different kind of like categories. If something is super damaged or stained or soiled, what happens to it? We sort it into different materials. That's then either respun back into fabric yeah. or it might be repurposed in some way. So it might be chipped up and it might end up in the like wadding in your mattress or something like that or the soundproofing in your car. Your, your, your smelly socks that, you've, uh, that yeah. you don't use anymore have, have also got a purpose as well, uh, beyond them being a pair of uh, smelly socks. <laughs> That's wild. Right, shall we walk and talk? What's, what else is in this giant kind of warehouse? Yeah, so we've got the sorting line there. You'll probably have 10, 15 people there sorting into different materials, sorting it into the what we call like the carts for transporting. Hmm. And then once we've got a cart full of the same fabric, it then goes to this big baling machine that you can see hmm. in front of me. That then condenses them down into half ton bales. And we effectively do that just so it's easier to transport. You can fit a lot more on if they're uh, a bit more compressed. So they're compressed down, just like squished in really tight and then they get sent off to wherever they're gonna be used. Yeah, and they, they go all over Europe from here and, and yeah, to places more locally where they're gonna then be repurposed um, so they don't go to landfill basically. One of the key things is before you even get to the donation stage yeah. is to make the right choices about the things that you're buying in the first place. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like really convenient fast fashion around and I think the best thing you can do before you donate is buy things that are going to last you and then hopefully that donation cycle comes round a bit slower. Yeah. It's definitely not as convenient and as easy yeah. but you've got to think about what damage that's doing to the planet and the people that are really suffering, some of the people that we help in, in, in their communities, they're the people that have done the least to contribute to climate change, yeah. but are the ones that are feeling it the hardest. So it's about thinking about them things when you make the choices about what, what clothes you buy. You know, if you want that one-off thing to, to wear to a party or whatever, I can definitely vouch for the fact that you will find that in your local charity shop. There's definitely lots of sequins, lots of costume jewellery, and you can have a bit of fun with your friends saying, you know, I'm going to spend 20 quid and I'm going to go to my local charity shop and I'm going to buy a, a really unique outfit for, for tonight that I can then pass on to you to wear the next weekend. Shout out to Ben from Oxfam and for having us in Batley. It was definitely an eye-opener and... I've just never seen that many clothes compacted into one space. But look, as Ben said, getting into secondhand stuff does require a bit of change in how we see our own fashion. You know, it's a mindset shift for sure. So how do we do that? Not just finding things, but like finding the things that you actually feel good in as well. I'm going to explore that next. One person that is all about that secondhand lifestyle is Emily Muir from Manchester. You might have come across her TikTok page. She basically gets bits of quite uninspiring clothes that she might have found in the charity shop, but she styles them and upcycles them to make gorgeous outfits. 
styling an outfit, but everything has to be secondhand. The only secondhand shoes I have are these. I'm gonna go with the easiest option of my favorite boots that I got off Vinted. I got the necklace from a charity shop and the earrings from my grandma's. These pants from Depop to tie in the necklace. This top and belt from a charity shop to go with the boots. My mum's old shirt. And of course, the incredible bag she gave me. Emily, welcome to Noted. Now, what made you want to explore being more sustainable when it comes to fashion? Well, to be honest, my shopping habits have always been a bit weird because when I was a teenager, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money in my family. So my mum got for like if we're getting anything for Christmas, it would always be off eBay. If anything was left lying around the house, my sister would upload it on eBay about age seven. So there's always been that kind of pattern of buying things secondhand. I think because we didn't have a lot of money to buy stuff, I don't I never really got into fashion. And I only got into fashion once I got into sustainable fashion. I was like, actually, there's a way that I can find a style that is my own where I don't have to spend loads of money. So it's it's kind of sustainability that got me into the fashion side of things, weirdly enough. Do you find like you can save some decent amount of money if you shop secondhand? Oh, a, a thousand percent. There's so much savings out there because I think we have such a such a horrible culture when it comes to fashion like I remember when I was a teenager I used to think because we're quite glamorous in Manchester when we go on nights out I thought I cannot wear the same thing on a night out ever again like you just have have to have a new outfit each time and if you've got photos of it on the gram god forbid you should wear it again so I think there's a lot of people that still have that mentality so you can go on secondhand shopping apps like Depop and particularly Vinted Vinted is the star of the show for me at the moment and you'll find something that someone has worn once or they've just kind of ordered and it's got the labels on and they can't be bothered to send it back. So it's, it's virtually brand new. And then you're getting it for a fraction of the price because people don't want it just sat around the house. They probably can't bother to take it to the charity shop. And you're getting what was like a £50 jumpsuit for £7. It's just absolutely insane. And you can haggle with them as well. I love that you can just like make an offer going low. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like people will haggle me and I, I put my stuff up for pretty cheap anyway. And I'm just thinking, I just want this gone down. Like I can't be bothered with the hassle. Yeah, just whatever, take it take me. It. <laughs> so there's definitely loads of savings to be had. So I found out that there are currently enough clothes on earth to clothe the next six generations. Is that not crazy? It's like, if they stopped production today, we would be good for the next six generations. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. But what's also really, really scary is because we have such a massive excess of clothing. Even if we were all to just kind of go shopping secondhand, like in this country, when we send stuff to charity shops, even they can't sell all the stuff they're getting in. So a lot of it is just being exported to developing countries, which is really messing with their economies and because they're so reliant now on the waste that we're sending over and also even they can't process it like i'm sure you've probably seen some of the pictures and i can't remember the exact location but there's a desert in the world that you can actually see from space it's just this massive pile of clothing and some of it is brand new because these in manchester is like the home of these uh, giant fast fashion brands that i shall not name but we all know about some people might be listening and thinking like this all sounds great in a dream world everyone would buy second hand but there's certain elements that might put them off I know it can be the the time and the effort that it might take. It's all well and good finding something on Vinted, but if you need it for Saturday night, you're like waiting by the door, like, is it going to come? And just, I guess, that extra effort that might be involved. Do you have any kind of advice or like words of wisdom that might help? So I think we've all been there where we're like, I've got nothing to wear, I've got nothing to wear. And I think before you even get to the stage where you think about, I need to get something new, 
you'd be so surprised about what you can get out of your wardrobe that you already have in terms of like rewearing it and finding different ways to style it that in itself is is like an incredibly like it's almost like its own little treasure hunt out of stuff you've already got like i had no idea that i could style this top that way or layer something else underneath it and get a completely new look out of it so i would always say have an experiment with what you already have then start to look at what maybe you could buy and also see if your friends have got anything else and it's like oh could i have a look through your friends instagram like i love that dress or i love that top like can you lend it me this weekend and then i'm sure they'll um let you borrow it and then they might want something of yours tomorrow and there's so many ways without buying something because there's nothing worse than you buy something where you wear it once and you're like i'm not quite feeling that anymore i don't know why i've got this in the first place and i think we've all been there where it's like so stressful where you think i've got nothing to wear in the morning and you get up to work and you've always got that, that choice fatigue and like overload because there's almost too many choices i don't know if you've um ever tried to make a capsule closet for yourself but it's great when you go away on like holidays like you'll you'll choose like three tops three bottoms maybe like a dress and like two pairs of shoes or something and if you try to get as many outfit combinations out of that as you can you'll be so shocked about how many you can do and then you always know you have, have a rough idea in your head what you can wear and what you can style because you've, you've done that kind of process you've been through the process you've done a little experiment and once you've done that with like three things in your wardrobe three of each then you look how much more you've got you're like oh my god i have i have infinite possibilities here of stuff that i could wear i feel quite familiar with this topic just for the fact that i haven't bought new clothes for a good couple of years now but there's so many reminders of like the scale of this which I don't think about day to day. This like overconsumption and overpolluting and going to Batley and just seeing that on like a tiny scale still amounted in like tons and tons of clothing. And it's really interesting as well to hear from Baram about, you know, where you spend your money. That basically is a vote of what you want to support. We are consuming at least 400% more clothing than we did just two decades ago. And if you need that reminder that making a change is actually really doable, I think look to someone like Emily. She finds things that are still fashionable, that she still really loves, and she has fun with it as well. So look, have a go. If you're new to secondhand, give it a try and let me know your thoughts as well. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes in this series. This is actually the last episode of the first series of Noted and throughout it we've explored so much from booking cosmetic surgery on WhatsApp, remember those stories of the BBLs for £50 deposit, we've explained the Rwanda policy, knife crime and so much in between. All these episodes are still available so you can go and listen back anytime. I hope that you found this series helpful and you've learned something new along the way because I definitely have. And if you want to get in touch and tell me your thoughts or you have something to say about anything that we've talked about here, then just drop me a WhatsApp. The number is in the show notes. That is it from me. I want to say have a lovely Christmas if you celebrate and a happy new year as well. This is Noted, a podcast by the news movement produced by Persephonica. 